Hello, welcome to How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I am Donna Reish, your host for this brand new uh, videocast, podcast um, episode that I am going to be teaching every week to uh, parents, teachers, homeschoolers, uh, using the as a foundation all of my 100 plus books totaling over 50,000 pages of language arts instruction for second through 12th grade students. So I am going to be bringing you how to tips that I use with my 60 writing students each week live with my online writing students and small groups and throughout my books. So first of all, I want to uh, introduce myself and do a little housekeeping. First of all, there, I am Donna Reish and I am, I call myself language arts lady and I have, I homeschooled for 32 years. I uh, have written for two different publishers and continue to write uh, downloadable materials for uh, our publishing company as well as for uh, Teachers Pay Teachers. And um, my husband and I have graduated all seven of our students from homeschooling and now we teach others. So we have a teaching center in our home and we literally teach um, 100 plus students every week in various subjects uh, through private tutoring, through online classes, through in-person classes, through half-day homeschool, uh, just all kinds of avenues. And throughout the years, I've written, as I said, many, many, many curriculum books and I have not really found the best avenue for bringing my instruction, my teaching to other people to help them with their teaching. And it's just really been uh, a real desire of my heart to simplify teaching. And that is, that's my desire, especially with my own students, as I have sought through 20 years of curriculum writing to make concepts easier to break things down and teach in such a way that students learn well. And so that is what I'm going to be doing here. Now you have two different ways to watch and listen and, uh, and then also two different ways to get uh, the, the video. So it is going to be a podcast, how I teach, but it's also going to be a video cast with slides. Now you can still listen to the podcast on iTunes and uh, Podbean and various places like that, um, or you can watch it on YouTube and you can get everything from languageartsladyblog.com. So you can find everything there, languageartsladyblog.com and you can find the, the outline, the PowerPoint presentation and so forth. Now, whether you are, if you're watching it live on video or, or on video, you can watch the PowerPoint presentation, as I just said. If you're listening to it, however, there is another way that you ha can have a visual, and that is through the teacher's notebook. So the teacher's notebook, um, let me see, teacher's notebook, sorry about that. The teacher's notebook is download, it is a packet of downloadable sheets that basically have the same things that the slides have. So you can always get that free each week with the broadcast. So uh, you have the option of watching or listening, you have the option of watching the, the slides, and you also have the option of printing off your teacher notebook and having it with you while you listen. So just some different avenues for you. Also, throughout the slideshow, I'm going to be using 
excerpts from my materials to teach. And um, you can follow along with that, like I said, in the slideshow or in your teacher's notebook. So I'm just gonna do some housekeeping here and show you through the slides kind of what, what you have. Um, we have at the very back, you have freebies and you can get your teacher's notebook sheets. You can get free downloads of books and, and you even, I even have free videos of me teaching some of the books. So you can get those things at the blog. And then I also have a list of products that contain the topics that I talked about today. So lots of ways to get help free and as well as purchasing downloads or purchasing books. So without further ado, I bring you how I teach with the language arts lady, episode number one, which is how I teach using three favorites for essay writing. So when it comes to essay writing, we have a tendency to think of persuasive writing. We have a tendency to think of the five paragraph essay, which is definitely one um, you know, way of teaching essay writing. Uh, today, I want to present to you one of my best tools for beginning essay writing because it, it uses what the student already knows. And throughout this uh, broadcast, throughout these episodes, I'm going to teach literally hundreds of ways of teaching. And uh, I wanted to start with something that would apply to like second grade all the way up through ninth or 10th grade. And so that is why I chose this for the first topic. I'm definitely going to teach how to teach story writing, how to teach research writing, how to teach second graders sentences, how to teach 10th graders um, MLA, how to teach eighth graders quotes. I mean, I'm just going to teach you how to teach everything, literally, in language arts, um, especially in composition and grammar. But this particular topic is one that I like to, uh, that I wanted to start with because I like to start with it with students. And uh, the reason is because students already know what their favorites are. They already know what they like. They already know what they enjoy. And it is just a really simple way of teaching essay writing. So I wanna start with, I'm pulling out some excerpts out of some books and this particular one comes from Peter Pan 3. It's a downloadable one month book. So you'll see at the end of the slideshow, you'll see that I have dozens of downloadable one month books. And then I also have print books um, that are compositional. And then I also have my big language arts program that is print. But the point isn't that you will necessarily use this overview box that I have in front of me, but the point is that I want to talk to you about expectations. And so when I set out to teach anything, whether it is an essay or it is a report or it is a story, it doesn't matter what I set out to teach, I like to give my kids expectations. And of course, we did this in parenting. If you've been to our parenting seminars years ago, you know, you may have learned about that from our different parenting tools. But the bottom line is that students will rise to the occasion when we give them the expectations ahead of time. And so that is what uh, this overview box is partly about. Another reason why every one of my projects have overview boxes is because the teacher needs to see at a glance what that will contain. So as I said, I'm not gonna go through this. You can see this in your teacher's notebook sheet, but I will say that an overview box or simply telling the students you're writing an expository essay about three Peter Pan characters. You're going to write three paragraphs. 
basic students are going to write five to seven. Advanced students are going to write six to eight sentences in each paragraph. You will have to use quotes. You won't have to use quotes. Just whatever the expectations might be, this sets our students up for success. So whether you use something this elaborate um, to give your students expectations or whether you just simply explain everything to them ahead, I really recommend giving expectations for the project. Okay, next uh, in your teacher's notebook, as well as on the slides, you will see a sample essay. And in all of my newer books, for sure, so everything from Meaningful Composition all the way through all of the Write On and Write for a Month, all the one month downloadable books, and many, many of my early uh, books, they have samples in them. They have student samples. And uh, that is what is on the screen right now, a sample, student sample of three Peter Pan characters essay. I cannot say enough about samples. And this is not just for essay writing. This is for everything. As you watch and listen to how I teach, you will see the depth of the samples that I have for every single project. And you will see the importance of the sample. Basically, I bring my students to a sample essay, a sample story, a sample report, and I have them get highlighters out and we just dissect. I literally teach so much from the sample. So that's benefit number one, that you can actually teach well from a sample. You can teach, as I'm going to go through here and show you, you can teach thesis statements, you can teach closing sentences, you can teach paragraph uh, division, you can teach transitions. And then of course, I also teach everything internally, like all the grammar elements. I teach sentence openers, I teach grammar, I teach subject verb agreement. Uh, just so much can come from a sample. So definitely teaching. The next thing that a sample does is that it excites the students. Every time I open a student sample with my students, whether they are fourth grade students writing one paragraph about how to build a snowman last month, that was so much fun, or whether they are writing a um, 20 paragraph research report, which some of my students will be doing this semester, um, it doesn't matter. They see that sample in front of them and their uh, excitement is just so evident on their faces and their wheels of creativity and ideas and hope for what they can do just springs forth. Uh, they just, that all of that just springs forth from them. So the second thing is that it gets them excited. Uh, the third thing is that it gives them a framework. When we tell our students, you're going to write this or you're going to write that, they a lot of times cannot envision it. And so to see a sample essay in front of them is just golden. All right, so one of the first things that I will do here in uh, the sample when I bring when I open a sample is I will have and the students have it in front of them as well. I will have them get their highlighters and I will have them highlight the first sentence and then they draw an arrow to the margin and they write thesis statement. And so right off the bat, we are using it to teach that the thesis statement is tacked on to the first paragraph. Three main characters in Peter Pan are Wendy Darling, John Darling and Michael Darling siblings who embark on the famous and mysterious adventure with Peter Pan. 
highlight, drawn arrow to the margin, thesis statement. They are seeing that when they don't have an opening paragraph and a closing paragraph, they just tack that thesis right there onto the beginning. I also take another color highlighter and we circle Wendy Darling and we draw an arrow that says paragraph one. We circle John Darling and another color, draw an arrow, paragraph two. We circle Michael Darling and another and draw an arrow, paragraph three. So I'm teaching them that the thesis statement contains the paragraph topics. Isn't that phenomenal? It's just look at all the teaching. Now it's not as fast as I just told you when I did with students, right? But it, it so much teaching can come from this. And then we circle the the Wendy, Maura, Angela, Darling, for instance, as a main character known as Wendy in the story. We talk about how this is the beginning of paragraph one. And then we go to the second one and we circle that John Darling again. And we say that, see, this is the topic of paragraph two. And then we do the same thing with the third. Now, this is a simplified way of teaching paragraph breaks. I'm going to have an entire episode on paragraph breaks because it is so crucial to good writing to teach students that a paragraph is a unit of thought and everything in one paragraph should be about that unit of thought. And we change paragraphs when we change thoughts. But I'm not going to do that today because this is done for the student. And that's another reason why I love starting out with three favorites of anything for writing with students because they know when they're done with Wendy and they move into John, it's a new paragraph. They don't have to think about uh, how they should change paragraphs or not change paragraphs. It is a given. So it is actually laying the foundation for paragraph breaks without having any real paragraph break lessons because it's just so simple. You don't put Wendy in the same paragraph as John when you're writing a paragraph about Wendy, a paragraph about John, and a paragraph about Michael. All right, so then at the end, we get another collar and we, I'm gonna enlarge this a little bit. We get another collar and we highlight J.M. Barry did a good job creating these three characters to help all people get captivated by the spellbinding mythical fable. And we, we just focus on how that is wrapping up. Um, sorry about that, how that is wrapping up. All right, I have put some of the actual lesson in the PowerPoint as well as in the teacher's notebook. And the beauty of that is that you can print this off and use it with your own students for free. So that is why I have a teacher's notebook with every episode. Teacher's notebook sheets have the exact same things as what you're seeing on the PowerPoint if you're watching the video of this, or you can have your teacher's notebook in front of you. So you can literally print off your teacher's notebook and print the pages that you want for your student to use to write a, a three a favorite three favorites essay of your own. So that's why I put these in here. So here, this one is one of the lessons within this project. And the first thing they do is they choose their three favorite characters. This can be used for three of anything. And again, that's the beauty of this essay type. Three favorite candy bars three favorite movies, three favorite books, three favorite Christmas decorations. You'll see in the uh, products at the end how we have three favorite movie quotes, three favorite holiday traditions, three reasons that somebody is a good villain or somebody is a good hero, three favorite castle friends from Beauty and the Beast, 
three favorite, three ways to survive in a jungle, all three of something and three distinct topics that, that come together to create one essay. And then I have thesis statement teaching and I'm keeping these to 30 minutes. So I'm not going to teach everything that's in here, but you will have this in your teacher's notebook sheets. All right. So the one thing that I always emphasize in thesis statement writing that you'll see in this lesson is that a thesis statement is about the whole topic. It is about the whole essay. And so it, it guides them in that. And then it teach, then it has an assignment for them to write their thesis statement. And we always write our thesis statements before we outline. Always, always, always in all writing that my students do, regardless of the type, they write the thesis first. And that tells them what the whole thing is going to be about. It helps keep them on task. And so then there's always a sample and then they put their working thesis statement. I always emphasize that your thesis statement at this point is a working thesis statement because you can always um, tweak it later to make it fit better. All right. Then we go to directed brainstorming. All of my books use various types of brainstorming and pre-writing exercises. So the one that you are seeing in your teacher's notebook page or on the screen, if you have either of those in front of you, is a directed brainstorming box. And so, especially with the younger kids, we use paragraph houses, we use mapping, we use, you know, choose your, your, four, your four questions you wanna answer. We just all types of pre-writing. This you can use for anything. So again, it is here for you. So you can print this off for your students and use it, three of anything. Um, but the reason that this is called a directed brainstorming is because when you think about brainstorming, you think about dumping your brain out on paper. And we have a lot of that in my books where you know what, you just use this space to write anything you're thinking of. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a subject, if it's a verb, it's a quote, it doesn't matter, just dump it all out. And then we're gonna sort it out later. But when it comes to a directed brainstorming, we are directing their brain a little bit more. And so that's why I call these directed brainstorming boxes. So you'll see here that we are directing them to write some things about character one, to write some things about character two, and to write some things about character three. And um, they can write anything in here about those three, something they already know, or something that they need to research. Now I'm going to move into outlining. So after they have chosen their three favorites and they have chosen, they have written their thesis statement through the thesis statement instruction, and they have brainstormed then they're, they're in the directed brainstorming, then they're going to outline. And uh, you can see here that there are steps that they're supposed to use for outlining. So review the three characters. So review your three favorites in your directed brainstorming box, add to it or research at this point. So essay writing is not, does not always need research. And it doesn't always need research, especially when you use a topic that the student knows a lot about. And so uh, this is an option to add to it with research if you want to. So my older students, I will say, you know what? I want you to get one tidbit about each character, 
that you do not know now. I want you to go get it online or out of a book or something. Or like even older students, I'll say, you know, maybe their expectations during that expectation box, maybe their expectations are each paragraph has to have a quote. So then, you know, I will teach them what it takes to do that. And they will, um, they will go get those quotes for that. But depends on their level, right? And what the expectations are. But again, the beauty of the three favorites is that you already have it in your brain, right? And that feels a lot easier to students. So then they work in their brainstorming box, they mark through things, they number ideas in the order they want them. And then we move into the outlining lines. Now I provided outlining lines for you in your teacher's notebook sheets so that you can use them with your students. And again, any three favorites. Now, let me just stop here to say it doesn't have to be a three paragraph. Again, I wanted this to be something from second grade all the way through about 10th grade for this kind of a simplified essay. And so, or of course you can use it with 11th and 12th graders if they are not accustomed to essay writing, right? This is a great place to start for remediation. Um, and that is in my, both my Jumpstart books, Jumpstart one and Jumpstart two, meaningful composition is a lot of remediation that doesn't feel like remediation. Like if you would bring this to a 12th grader, it wouldn't feel too babyish. You would just say, hey, I want you to write about your three favorite characters from Star Wars or something like that. And it doesn't even feel babyish. But let's break it down so that instead of three paragraphs, you can do this at two paragraphs. You can do this at one paragraph with younger students. So what that means is, and one of the samples was one favorite concession. That is one of the products uh, in the Dumbo uh, level two book. And again, those are one month downloads with uh, four weeks of projects in them, but one favorite concession. So again, if that's the case, you would just use this first set of outlining lines and that's it, right? And you would just say, instead of your first character, choose one favorite concession, choose one favorite Christmas present you got, choose one favorite park that you go to in the summer, choose one favorite toy that you like to play with. I mean, it can be, the, the favorites can be as simple or as elaborate as you want them to be. So it is a great starting point. So you can do, use this outlining space for you, for your students. So print these off out of your teacher notebook sheets and use these for your own for free. All right. So a little bit about my outlining lines. All right. We go with paragraphs of body. Okay. So you can see if you're looking at the teacher's notebook sheets or the um, slides, you can see that it says paragraph A of body. So I teach students to write paragraphs of the body. And then later on, if this project doesn't have it, but later on, then I teach, you know, eight different opening paragraph types and eight different closing paragraph types and so forth. But we focus on the paragraphs of body and dividing those up. That's another thing that I do to teach paragraph breaks, but I won't get into that today. So what they do here is they write their first character. It's a no brainer. Again, we don't have to worry about paragraph division here. It's not gonna be hard for them because they're, they're gonna put um, uh, the Wendy right there. All right, then I'll teach later on about the links and transitions and so forth, but then we have support sentences all the way through. And I teach a sentence by sentence outlining method. So they just come here and they just take notes. Okay, this is what I wanna say about Wendy, dot, 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 sentence two, sentence three, sentence four. All right, then guess what? 
Paragraph B, same thing. Paragraph C, same thing. Simplified, laid out for them, outlining process. So please print these out for your students. I guarantee it'll help them outline way better. All right, now before I get into wacky words, which is the, um, the word portion of how I teach, um, I wanted to talk about uh, the skills that are needed for each project. So I'm gonna go back to the overview box, even though it's very, it's very, it's harder to read here and stuff. But the reason that I wanted to is because look down here in the bottom right-hand corner, whatever skills, like this lesson is not complete, okay? This lesson is not complete because I have a firm, almost religious-like belief in giving students the skills that are needed in order to write what we're asking them to write. So I would not ask a student, for example, I wouldn't say you have to write a three paragraph essay about your favorite uh, books if I hadn't also taught them the difference between major works and minor works and how to capitalize and punctuate titles. I wouldn't ask them to write three paragraphs about your three favorite motivational quotes if I had not also had a lesson in that project about how to write quotes, right? About how to punctuate quotes, about how to use speech tags. I, I just wouldn't ask them to do something that I'm not teaching them how to do. I also would not, I also would not give them writing prompts. Now writing prompts can be fun and they can be usable after you've already built skills in your students. But most students are dazed and overwhelmed with writing prompts. The kids who like writing prompts are the kids who love writing, right? They already love writing. So of course they love writing prompts. <laughs> I mean, I love anything that I'm already good at, right? If somebody gives me a writing prompt, I'm going to town. I mean, if somebody says, right, if, on Facebook, if somebody says, let's have poetry fun, somebody write a haiku, da, 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 da. I'm like in the comments, just doing my haiku, just having so much fun because I love writing and I'm good at it. And that is good. Writing prompts are good for students like that. But for most students, they can be overwhelming because we're not giving them the expectations and we're also not giving them the skills. So whatever we're asking students to do. So in this particular project, there are lessons about transitions. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back here and we're going to highlight the transitions phrases in the sample. We're going to find the transition phrases and they're going to get a transition box with tons of transition words that they can use. Right. I am going to give them the tools that they need to do this project. The, uh, there's an optional aspect to this lesson for older students to add a quotation anywhere they want. Guess what? There's an optional quotation lesson, okay? I'm not going to leave students hanging. I'm not going to ask them to do something that I do not, that I've not prepared them for, that I have not given them the skills for. All right, now let's go to wacky words. Here we go. All right, so the welcome to the wacky word portion of how I teach. How I teach grammar and how I teach wacky words, how I teach confusing words, how I teach vocab, those are 
so dear to my heart because I have found literally hundreds of tools and tips and techniques and tricks. And they make it so much easier for my students. My students, they, they know how to dissect words. They know how to dissect sentences. They know how to come up. They know so many things that I love to see them do. I can just, with my high schoolers, I can just say, okay, guys, everybody get out your highlighters. I want you to, you know, bracket all subordinate clause openers. I want you to parenthesize all prepositional phrase openers. I want you to find every sentence as main subject, every sentence as main verb. Let's do this for three paragraphs, go. And they can do it. Do you know how amazing that is? It's such an amazing feeling. Can you tell I love teaching? <laughs> can you tell I love kids? All right, so the wacky words portion is for confusing words. So the first thing that I do, and the reason I have the header here in the slide, as well as in your teacher's notebook, and you can use this with your students too. So print off this wacky word lesson. I'm gonna give you a free wacky word lesson every week to use with your students. So the reason that I um, do do this, this reason that I put this this way, sorry, I'm not messing with my timer. The reason that I put this in here like this is because I want to show you how I use headers to teach. All right, so here we go. Lesson D, uh, this came out of Meaningful Composition 3.2. Um, so, uh, and also while I'm thinking about it, every single book that is listed in the back of your teacher's notebook and in the back of the PowerPoint presentation, every single one has free samples. So all in Meaningful Composition books have two weeks at Character Inc. store, two weeks of free samples for every single book. And there are, what, second through 12, second through 10. So there are, uh, there's an 11th grade book too. Oh, there's a 12th grade book too. Okay, there are, oh, I don't even know, 22 or 24 books in Meaningful Composition. Everyone has two weeks of free samples, not just excerpts, but completely free lessons. And then for the monthly downloads, there are 10 to 15 pages of samples free that you can print off and use. So one of the reasons why I want to put this in here is because I want to show you how I even approach the concept of homophones. So lesson D, vocabulary, homophones, wacky words. Okay, and this lesson today is going to be about there, there, and there. So the first thing that I will do is I'll have them get out two collars of highlighters. And I will have them highlight the word homo the, the uh, prefix homo, uh, the root homo, and uh, I will have them draw an arrow to the margin and write same. Homo means same. Then I'll have them get another collar and I'll have them highlight phones. And I'll draw an arrow to the margin and I will have them write here because phone means here or sound. All right, that's the first thing that I do. And I do it every single time we have a homophone lesson, which is every single week <laughs> in all of my language arts classes. And uh, usually they have one or two wacky word lessons each week. And so sometimes they'll do it, they'll, oh, they'll turn to the page and I'll say, get your highlighters ready. And they'll do it without me even saying, they'll highlight homo, draw an arrow to the margin, write same, highlight phones, draw an arrow to the margin, write here or sound, da, 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 right? Because I wanna bring it back to them, right? Repetition, repetition. And I also want them to work with text. That's another thing with highlighters I'm going to be talking about throughout this broadcast as well. All right, then I also put in this little D1. In the first paragraph of this week's passage, highlight the word there one time. Again, I teach from content. 
I don't just have a list of words. I teach from content. So anytime you can teach in context, do that. All right, so here then is the lesson and it teaches all of, and explains all about um, there, 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 but then I get to the memory tricks. So here we're going to use three colors of highlighters on our there, there, and there word list. And they're going to, I'm gonna have them take the first collar and they're going to go through number one, which has T-H-E-R-E -E written on it. And underneath it, the, this lost the A, B, and C underneath it, sorry about that. Sometimes in the uh, uh, copying and pasting, we lose things, but it lost the A, B, and C. I always have that in there so that I can say, guys, put your finger on number one. Now put your finger on B under number one, right? So any, this works for any curriculum, any time. You want to have everything as easy as possible for students, right? I mean, think about how hard it is, right? Like even this with the, net, with the letters gone, look at number two. There's one, two, three, four, five underneath it. If, I, if these weren't numbered and lettered, which they are in my books, uh, but they're just not in the PowerPoint for some reason, it, it, it lost it. But we would say, okay, now guys, go down one, two, three, four, go down to the fourth one, right? Do you see how much easier it is? As teachers, as parents, our goal should always be, I, I mean, constant, constant thinking of how can I make this easier? How can I make this simpler? How can I help my student with and make something less overwhelming? All right, so I will just say, okay, number one, guys, get your highlighter. Every time you see H-E-R-E, -E, highlight it. So they're getting their highlighter and they're highlighting the here and there, the here and there, the here and the sentence, the here and the sentence, the here and there, the here and there, the here and there. And then I tell them, you should have highlighted here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Do you know why? Because there's the here and there. Bingo, right? There's a here and there. Guess what? The basis for the T-H-E-R-E -E is here and there. There has the word here in it. So we know it has to do with uh, position over here and over there. And then I take them to one C, which says use when you say there are or there is. Okay. So, um, and then we get in more into that when we learn subordinators too. But all right, then I do the same thing for number two, get another collar. Highlight every time you see the word air, like an heir to the throne. The air in there, the air in there, the air by itself, the air by itself, the air in there, the air in airs, the air in theirs. Guess what? There shows ownership just like the air to the throne has ownership. Boom, they highlighted all the airs. Air shows possession. It shows that they own something just like the heir to the throne owns the throne. And then I have multiple lessons on this last thing, but I teach them to say their contractions uncontracted. T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E. Think in your head always, they are, they are. And then here's the assignments you can use with your kiddos. I do um, a couple of things. First of all, I have a fill in the blank with the proper spelling, okay? Again, written at their level, right? You want it to be at their right, at their reading level. And then they write sentences using them as well. 
All right, guys, I've gone over time, um, but I hope that this has been helpful to you. I hope that you can see how you've got to get those teacher's notebook sheets, right? Print those off and use those free lessons every week, just free, free, free lessons every week, right? Um, so the slide that I'm on now shows how you can get more freebies. And I forgot to send my um, uh, assistant the freebies uh, from the blog, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash freebies. So you can get five free books with five videos of me teaching those books. Okay. So that is at languageartsladyblog.com forward slash freebies. Now, get your weekly sheets every single week that go with the episodes. All right. And that's on the slide. And it's also on the teacher's notebook page, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach. And then you can get the entire packet for the whole month for free as well. And that's there. And lastly, here are some materials that coincide with today's lessons that you can purchase. Now, there are tons of freebies. So feel free to use all the freebies first if that's what you would like to do. I'm honored for you to do that. And here are the one month freebies that have lessons that coincide with this. And then here are the meaningful composition books that have lessons that coincide. These are the print books. And lastly, let's create a class. So I can teach your students online or in person writing from any of the books that I just mentioned for meaningful composition or from the downloadable books. Thank you so much for joining me um, in my very first episode of how I teach. I can tell I'm gonna have trouble staying at 30 minutes, but that will be my goal to get it down to 30 minutes. So I will keep working on that. Um, I may have to have two partners, right? <laughs> I know the next one is on story writing for high schoolers, um, junior high and high school students. That's gonna be hard because <laughs> I have so many lessons within the lesson, but thank you so much for joining me on how I teach. This is Language Arts Lady signing off until next week. I appreciate you joining me and I hope to see you soon.